Chapter 55 of The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Meg Turasek. The Social War of 1900 or The Conspirators and Lovers by Simon Landis. Chapter 55 meeting of victor and lucinda in her cell it was george who had the key and who gave it to dr juno when they bolted the cell doors and left three soldiers to guard the prisoners one of the keepers escaped the vigilance of dr juno and passed around through another corridor to the physician-in-chief's office with the intention of arousing an alarm but when he got to the office door, he found it locked. He then called, knocked, and listened betimes, when he heard a muffled voice saying, I am locked in. Get a key and come in. He tried his keys, and found that one of them unlocked the door. He rushed to the spot where the prisoner lay, and, removing his shackle, said, Heaven! Doctor, all the keepers— and help are arrested and imprisoned in the main cell. What shall we do? You leave the asylum by the rear gate, and arouse the neighborhood, and be sure you do it quietly. In the meantime, I will see what I can do, said the physician-in-chief. Very foolishly the guards, who were left to protect all the bound, gagged, and locked-up prisoners, paid no attention to the doctor's office, esteeming the physician-in-chief safe enough for as long as they cared for his incarceration. But they missed it a little in this conclusion. Dr. Juno, after receiving the key to Miss Armington's cell, asked Thomas to lead the way to it, and when the lover speedily threw the doors, four in number, open, and appeared in Miss Armington's presence. What should he see but a demon inclining over the poor girl, who was all bloody? Dr. Juno hurled him aside as though he were a flea, and picked the prostate prisoner and beloved of his soul up from the floor, and laid her gently on the bed, thinking that she was dead. But he soon saw signs of life reappearing, and in a few minutes she asked, Oh, God, where am I? And screaming with all her might, Go away, you fiend, or I'll murder you yet! Dr. Juno kissed her on the forehead and exclaimed, My precious darling, your own betrothed is by your side. Fear nothing! She opened her eyes with amazement and hysterically stammered, Great God, is it... You? Oh, let this not be a dream. I pray, I pray, great father, let this not be a dream that will vanish with the awakening of my slumbers. No, no, my precious one, it is not a dream, but a bona fide reality, ejaculated Dr. Juno, with immense tears in his eyes, whilst he dropped his face upon her neck and wept like a child, until he shook from head to foot. 
Miss Armington came to realize that her own beloved Victor was holding her in his own dear arms when she exclaimed, "'Where is Deacon Stew?' "'What?' thundered Dr. Juno, whilst he sprang away from the young lady and grasped the bloody deacon in his hands and dashed him upon the floor like a dog, whilst he was just going to jump upon his face with his heels when Miss Armington said, "'Oh, Victor, come here!' When he went to her, she replied, "'Do not murder him, my dear Victor. Leave him to heaven.' and the wrath of his maker. Darling, your opportune words have saved his miserable life. But what has he done to you that you are so bloody? The blood that you see on me came from his body, not from mine, said she. He had me handcuffed, and then he insulted me. What? Handcuffed you? interrupted he. "'Yes, and they hurt my wrists severely. "'Please remove them, dear Victor.' "'Great heaven, you handcuffed, and I did not see it.' "'What a stupid fellow I am,' said Victor. "'But I will murder this foul demon. "'Soldiers, bind him like a felon. "'Place his hands uncomfortably behind his back. "'Look, like this poor young ladies are. "'Only make them tighter.' so he may receive his reward. "'Have you the keys to these handcuffs, old hypocrite?' asked Dr. Juno of the deacon. "'No, sir, I have not,' stammered he. "'Who, then, has got them?' "'Be quick, or you'll die on the spot!' exclaimed Dr. Juno. "'George has got them,' responded the deacon." "'George is the man who gave you the cell keys,' said Thomas to Dr. Juno. "'Oh, yes, he gave me a bunch of keys. "'I guess he was wise enough to have added the cuff keys. "'Let me see. Here they are, I think. "'Yes. All right, my darling. "'Free once more from the shackles of these bloody conspirators, "'who shall be tortured nigh unto death, "'but shall yet live to feel their degradation.' whilst they writhe in agony, ejaculated Dr. Juno. Mercy, oh, mercy, be merciful, prayed the deacon. Merciful, ha, 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 merciful to you, to you, a fiend, a carrion monster, a cutthroat, a ravisher of innocent, helpless women. You dare to ask for mercy at my hands again, and I will cut you to pieces by slow degrees. "'and cauterize every incision. "'You infamous daredevil, "'or rather leprous coward. "'May the double curse of God "'fall on your pestiferous head,' "'exclaimed Dr. Juno with terrific emphasis. "'A noise was heard downstairs "'when Dr. Juno continued. "'We will away from this place. "'Soldiers, take this scab on decent people. "'The deacon?' to my office, but gag him before you remove him. I pray you, do not gag me. I will keep silent, come what will or may, if you do not gag me, stammered the deacon. Silence, old ruffian. Men of your stamp are never to be trusted. I know you too well. 
I know of too many foul deeds that you were ringleader, or commander of. So gag the fine deacon, and load him on the express wagon, and haul him direct to my office, and six of you guard him there until I come. Here, take these handcuffs with you. I shall use them on him as a memory-strengthening plaster for the pious deacon, responded Dr. Juno. At this moment a soldier came upstairs, and said to Dr. Juno, General Juno, the physician-in-chief, whom you had gagged and bound, has disappeared, and another man escaped from the asylum by a back entrance. I am afraid they may arouse the neighborhood and give us trouble. End of chapter 55 Recording by Meg Turisek